Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, some beautiful, beautiful couples stand with me this morning. So good to see you. February is the love month. You you did know that, didn't you? I I mean, okay, I'm just checking this out. Uh, you, You see all those pictures, and we have this term, you fall in love. And really, the fall part usually is always negative. You fall in a hole, you fall in a ditch, or something like that. But fall in love, we reverse that, and not very many fall stories that are good, right? Especially this week. Oh, the ice has really been bad, but... You know, you can fall into some money, you can fall into a good job, you can fall in love, but the trick is not falling in love, the the trick is staying in love and flourishing in love and making it better every day. Can I hear an amen? Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to be here in your presence, speak to our hearts. We love you, we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, turn to your neighbors, I'm glad you're here today. I brought with me uh, some texts and tweets from couples, and I I want to read those to you. Darling, where are you? Leaving the mall. I'm halfway home. Why, baby? You brought me to the mall with you. Oh, no, I'll be right back. Here's another one. Guess who's pregnant? Who? Prince William and Kate are having a baby. You have no idea how happy I am for them right now. I just realized how much I need you. Thank you, baby, that's so sweet. I can't get the pickle jar open. (laughs) This is one of my favorites. Heading home, it's been a hard day. Can you get the romantic bubbles and candles ready for me? (laughs) Done. (laughs) You gotta see the picture to make that work. I'm going to the kitchen to eat breakfast and my wife is mad at me. Well, 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 if it isn't the man who let the snake bite me in my dream last night. My wife keeps our marriage fresh by unveiling unveiling a new personality every year. Uh, Do not marry anyone until you've seen their reaction after they step on a Lego. My wife and I are about to assemble a TV stand together as a team. I'm telling you this now because this might be my last post as a married man. (laughs) I love them. My wife cannot remember the password she changed yesterday, but she can remember everything wrong I have said for the last 20 years. Uh, When my husband annoys me, I send him to the grocery store to buy something that doesn't exist. I mean, this is really true, right? You know, when Jesus is talking to uh, our world, when he uh, came into the world that he created, he began to do everything on a different level, and especially the Sermon on the Mount, when you pray, don't pray like them, pray this way, our Father which art in heaven. So he says, I'm going to take prayer, I'm going to elevate it to another level. When you fast, he said, don't do it like them, do it this way, I'm going to take fasting to another level. When you give, don't give like them, they, they, they give to be seen, but give this way, I'm going to take giving to another level. But he also did that with love. He, he said, here's love at a different level. Uh, not only does he give us parables, but one, he made the hero, the unlikely hero, the Samaritan. Remember that one? 
the, the priest went by and the Levite went by, but the hero was not the priest or the Levite. The, the hero was the Samaritan that got down in the ditch to love someone that seemed unlovable, right? And he even took it to the level of love your enemies, and those who despitefully use you, love them. So what's he doing? He's taking love to a whole nother level. And Paul picks this up. This is Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and in all discernment. So Paul's prayer for the church at Philippi is that I, I know you love, but take love what to a different level. I want you to love more abundantly, more and more. He does the same thing when he writes his letter to the church at Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians 3.12, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love, to one another and to all, just as we did to you. So he, he's saying, okay, let me encourage you. You love, but take love, what, to another level. Now, if you go through this, this love theme, even when God is speaking or people are referring to God, there is always this adjective that's attached to love that takes it to another level. Let me just read this to you. Uh, unfailing love steadfast love, abounding love, great love, sincere love, fervent love. It's not just love, but what? It's love on a different level. So God's love is far beyond our love. God is love, and so therefore we're learning from God how to love. Can I hear an amen to that? So it's no secret that our love should be increasing. And especially in the day that we live in, people need to know that we have the love of God in our life. And sometimes there are challenges to show that love, especially when you're driving and different things. So anyway, we, we need to have that abounding love, as Paul said, more and more. And as Jesus said, take it to a whole nother level. Uh, our families need that love desperately need that love. I was watching a news program the other day. This is secular. I mean, this wasn't two preachers, you know, talking. It was a, a, a news correspondent and someone who was a community leader. And this is what they were saying. If we could get our families right, a lot of the problems in America would be solved. There would be less crime. There would be less violence. The drug problem would turn around. There'd be less poverty. Education would be better because the family unit is together. And we know that that begins what? With our relationships with a husband and a wife. And if we see that, then we see some problems actually diminish. But it really begins with a strong marriage. Would you agree with that? Because the family is that social unit that makes what we know as civilization and society, and it can be very good. So we need to know what the Bible says about this. And did you know that the Bible begins with a marriage? First two chapters, we have a marriage. Do you know that the Bible ends with a marriage? The marriage of the lamb and the bride gets together, the body of Christ, and we see the marriage supper of the lamb. Do you know the first miracle Jesus ever did was at a wedding? So we have this whole thing marked by this relationship of family and marriage. And I want to give you just four things today that we're going to speak about that. And Jesus is going to speak to us about what happened at the beginning. Now this is in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 6 through 9. 
From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not men, man separate. So this is what he addresses. He addresses the gender issue. God made how many genders? Two. So he made two uh, genders. There's this joining of the man and the woman. There's the singularity of marriage that occurs here. A oneness, if you will. The two shall become one. Then he says they should not be separated. Who is joined together should be separated. This is God's will from creation. And according to Jesus, how many of you know it hadn't changed since then? And let me just add to that, it hadn't changed since Jesus addressed it. So we know this is God's will, this is God's plan from Genesis to Revelation. So this is the will of God. So what, what is happening here? Well, Genesis chapter 2, let's go back to what Jesus referred to. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man, and Adam said, let me stop there just for a moment. Do you know that God delayed the creation of the woman? I mean, he created everything, six day, he creates man, and then Adam is naming the animals, they're in the garden, and all of a sudden, God lets Adam feel what it's like to be alone. How many of you think God had a purpose for that? God always does things intentionally. So he wanted Adam to know what it's like not to have a helpmate. He wanted Adam to know what it's like to be alone, and then he put him to sleep, took the rib, made the woman. He brought this woman to Adam, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. He called, uh, she shall be called a woman because she was taken out of the man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined, or they shall cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Do you know now, this may be difficult for you. Do you know that families and couples can have difficulties? Amen. How, how many of you knew that? How many of you didn't know that? How many of you don't care about that? I'm just telling you, this is the reality, that families can have difficulties. Now, you may be here today, and you're like me. You've made a lot of mistakes in relationships, and uh, any of that's not the unforgivable sin. You can come to God. How many of you know God can make that right? We can repent. His grace is sufficient for us. But I want to tell you, I don't care who you are, how spiritual you are, you can have some difficulties in relationships. Uh, tomorrow, Monday, go back two weeks, it was Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day was on a Monday. So Carrie and I, we actually on Saturday went to Oklahoma City. We delivered our Valentine's gifts to our grandkids and had a great day. We gave them balloons and different things and clothes and shoes. And let me tell you, Cece, she can go all out for those grandkids. <laughs> so we, we delivered all of those. And then her and I, by ourselves, we went to a very nice restaurant. We had dinner together, had a great night. I went home, and we knew that Monday we both were going to be working, she at the hospital, uh, me doing my deal, and so we, we celebrated early, 
And that Monday, uh, I got her favorite coffee to her job with a dozen chocolate-covered strawberries. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm trying to earn a few points. And then when I got home, she was there, and she had a six-pack for me and, and a lovely little Valentine card on top of it. And it was tea, so just, you know, everybody Okay. And on that uh, six-pack of iced tea, she had this beautiful card. I have it right here in my hand. And the card starts out, you're the man. Gentlemen, when your wife ever says you're the man, it's going to be a good day. That's where the card started. You're the man who... It goes on, takes my side, warms my feet, finds my stuff, holds my hand, uh, finishes my sentences, soothes my worries. It goes on, and then it says, all my love, Carrie. I tell you what, when you read a card like that, you're the man. You're the man. That's Monday. Friday, I wasn't a man. How many of you are going to help me preach today? So uh, every week we try to date. Now we've been married this year 48 years, so we're trying to date. I'm trying to make up for a lot of mistakes I've made in my past, a lot of things I didn't do right. So we try to go every week out on a date. And uh, so it's Friday night, and uh, this is not like uh, four or five years ago. This is the week, two weeks ago, Valentine's week. So we go out to a restaurant again, and uh, in the middle of the, of, of the meal, Matt, my youngest son, FaceTimes us. So I pick the phone up and look at it, and there Matt is, and my little granddaughter, our little granddaughter, Hartley. And I said, Matt, your mom and I are at a restaurant. We're eating dinner now. Could we call you later? He said, sure, Dad, l- let's do that. So we, we have our meal. Everything's going fine. So we get in the car. We're going to drive home. And I said, Carrie, I said, would you return that call to Matt? And she said, well, it's dark, and I just don't want to do that right now. For some reason, that went all over me. Man, that's a simple thing. Honey, would you, would you return that call? No, I don't want to do that right now. So I thought, I'm just going to give her the silent treatment. So it was a long drive home. And she said, are you upset with me? And I said, yeah, I am. Well, why? You didn't make that phone call when I asked you to make it. That's a simple thing. Just call on the phone. So there's a lot of tension going on there. I mean, Monday I was the man. Friday, I'm not the man. So we, we, we have some intense fellowship there for a little bit. And in the midst of that <laughs> intense fellowship, she said, you're just being twatty. Now, can you believe she called me twatty? And in the middle of that, I had to turn and say, I don't know what that is. In her loving way, she said, Google it. 
Look it up. And I did. And it said, foolish, obnoxious, and hard to get along with. Now, I want to tell you, she's a lot smarter than me. And I, listen, I've always admitted that. And she's using words I don't even know. Let me tell you, it's hard to continue on in the fellowship if you don't even know the words they're using. But before the night's over, I'm the man again. So, I mean, we, we, we had to get together and we, we had to work some things out. Can, can anybody relate to that today? Now, I'm just telling you, this is the way it was. And uh, we love each other. I tell you what, we've been committed to each other for almost 50 years, and she's the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen. But it takes a lot of work to have a great marriage and a great family. And I don't know what you've gone through, and I know if you're married, you've gone through some stuff, and maybe you've had some failures. And, and let me tell you, God is full of grace and mercy, and we all need it. Can I hear an amen? And we can go forward, but I'm just saying this thing called love needs to go to a whole nother level. And I found out that marriage and family, and I got thinking about this, and this is really, this is really kind of goofy, but I mean, you can have a, a, a great marriage, a good marriage, a so-so marriage, a horrible marriage. And I got to thinking, you know what? You can actually define your marriage by Clint Eastwood movies. I've never heard this before. I have weird thoughts. It could be the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hang them high. In the line of fire. Beguiled. Unforgiven. The mule. The twatty mule. The perfect world. Heartbreak Ridge. Marriage could be that way. But, you know, in light of Genesis 2 and what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, those four aspects of marriage are huge. Here's the first one. Got a pencil and paper. Do we believe in biblical marriage? Do we actually believe in biblical marriage? I mean, this, this is really important today because we live in a culture that does not believe in biblical marriage. Because the Supreme Court's making rulings, our politicians are making laws, there are cultural icons, and they are not doing things in our view of biblical marriage. So do we really believe in biblical marriage? Is this God's design or is it not? And to believe that, you have to have faith. Without faith, you can't please God, but if you believe, you've got to have faith because you have faith in what you believe. Can I hear an amen? Now, do we actually believe in biblical marriage? According to the Pew Research, adults 18 to 44, 59%, let's just say 60, have lived together rather than getting married. 38 have lived together outside of the marriage with two or more partners. Most Americans say, 69%, let's say 70, saying living together outside of marriage is acceptable even if the couple doesn't plan on getting married. However, people who marry have higher levels of relationship satisfaction and trust that those living together than those living together outside of the marriage. So, you know, here we have a culture today, everybody's saying, it's okay, it's all right, just do what you want to do. If it feels good, do it. But how many of you know God doesn't say that? 
Now that doesn't mean that we can't be forgiven of that, but I'm saying the only way I can come to the Lord is just the way I am. And I, let me tell you how I come. I come as a sinner, right? And you, you come as a sinner. You can't come any other way to God except that you are a sinner. Uh, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. But once I come to God, then I have to say, I believe his way is right. I believe that his design is right. So I now have to give myself, conform to, believe in, and do what I need to do to say I'm a believer in biblical marriage. So you've heard this, well, it's just a piece of paper. How many of you ever heard that? I've heard that. Well, it's just a piece of paper. I know it's a piece of paper. But it's more than that, it's a covenant. So, when Carrie and I stood there in that Baptist church and that preacher, and I can't even remember his name, uh, you know, my focus was on her, it wasn't on the preacher. And he says, do you vow to? That vow wasn't just to Carrie. That vow was before Almighty God. Now, I wasn't where I should have been when we got married, but once I became a believer, then I believe in God's holy design. It's not just a contract, it is a covenant, and it is true love, not just testing the waters. So I have to realize that this is God's design. Listen, Genesis 2, he, God, brought her Eve to the man Adam. God put them together. This wasn't a social experiment. This was the will of Almighty God. And so, therefore, I have to say that this is the way God wanted this to be. Jesus said this is the way it should be. Today, we still believe this is the way it should be. So, some people say, well, we're just going to see if we're com compatible. Well, sure, we need to see if we're compatible. I mean, how do they react when they step on the Lego? I, I get that. But, but you need to figure some of that out before you get married. Young people, listen to me. Uh, we always think we're going to change somebody. Only God can change people if they want to be changed. And uh, I think some people, when they come to the marriage altar, they think, uh, I'll alter him when we get married, or I'll alter her. How many of you know that don't work? And, and that's why... When I say we have to believe in biblical marriage, that's why Paul reiterates that, that you should marry a believer. Not a pretender, but a believer. How many of you know there's a difference between a pretender and a believer? Now, you've heard this, and I've heard it you know, for years and years. Well, pastor, the divorce rate for Christians and the secular world, just the same, 50-50. There's some deception in that. That's not really true. Now, how many of you know anybody can call themselves a Christian? We, we say we're a Christian nation. Goodness gracious, look around us. We, we need to do a little examination here. But this is what I read and heard recently. If a couple, if they attend church together, if they worship together, if they pray together, you know what the divorce rate is? It's less than 3%. Now, I can say whatever I, I want to say, but I'm telling you, if you come together to worship, if you pray together, if you have a life in Christ together, if you support each other, how many of you know that rate goes way, way, way down? It's not just someone who's put a tag on you or a label on you, am I a real born-again believer and not a pretender? Because there's a lot of people 
we have to realize they just say it, but they don't do it or live it. Now, we have to be believing. The second thing here is we have to leave. We have to believe we have to leave. So what in the world does that mean? A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. So we have to do what? We have to leave. Now, that doesn't mean we, don't, we quit believing, we quit loving, we keep, quit helping our mother and father. It doesn't mean that at all. It means now my wife has become, outside of God, my number one priority. She has become my one priority on this earth outside of God. So I leave those other relationships in priority, and now that priority is turned to my wife. Wives, your priority now is turned to your husband. Now, I know a lot of things can go on. Sometimes you love them. Sometimes you think you love them. Sometimes I'm going to love you later. But I'm just saying, you must what? Leave and cleave so there is a priority of relationship. Priority over work. Priority over hobbies, priority over sports, priority over children and grandchildren. Doesn't mean you don't love them with everything you have, but she's my number one priority on this earth. You say, well, how do I do that? I'm glad you asked me. I'm going to give you some help here. So, so how do I make them a high priority? Well, I begin to show my affection more. You say, well, how do I show my affection? Well, you can hold hands, you can kiss, you, you can walk together, you can pay attention to one another. When they talk, you can flirt with one another. This morning, I, I got up early before uh, the sun came up, and I'm, I'm getting ready for church and getting dressed, trying to get my thoughts together, and Carrie's still snuggled up in the covers, and she's got her face buried in the pillow, and I lean over, and I kiss her, and I said, honey, I, I'm going to be leaving, and I'll, I'll see you later at church. She said, would you turn the coffee pot on as you go by? <laughs> That's easy. You just walk by through the kitchen, go into the utility room, hit the button. But I thought, you know, today I'm preaching about marriage. I'm preaching about relationships. How many of you know you ought to practice what you preach? So I, uh, in a hurry... I get the coffee cup out that says, I love you more. I pour the creamer in it, flip the lid, get the little pot out that says Starbucks Cafe Verona. Put it in, put it down, hit the button. I'm in a hurry. Come on, give me some drip here. So I take it back, I set it on the nightstand, I kiss her on the cheek, I said, baby, here's your coffee. I'm in a hurry. But, priority. So what we do, we, we make that priority, we show affection, we care, we flirt, we do, we make time for one another, continue to date, put the phone aside, put the TV aside, put the computer aside. Someone say, he's preaching really good right now. Don't get totally wrapped up in the kids or the grandkids. Realize your spouse is the number one priority on this earth outside of God. Boy, it's getting quiet in here. You see, 
there's a balance there. We show appreciation, not just affection. So appreciation, what does that look like? What, what values, what virtues, what do they do that you appreciate? Have you told them lately? Have you shared that with them? Have you said, you know, I really care about you? Are you sharing their common interest? Um, Carrie likes to go shopping, not as much as she used to. And uh, I tell you what, I, I would go to the mall with her and, uh, you know, we would go in and a lot of times, you know, I'd walk with her through the whole thing. And now I just say, you go do your thing, I'll do my thing and you text me when you're ready. But we, we go together, some of the things she likes is not my favorite, I'm sure a lot of the things that I do is not her favorite. Matter of fact, this week we've had a lot of ice and, and cold weather and so one time I asked Carrie, I said, would you like to go feed cows with me? She said, yeah, I'll go feed cows with you. It was a day about like Wednesday evening and Thursday. And so, uh, we're feeding cows, and I got those big old round bales of hay, and I take my razor knife, and I cut them, and pull them off that net wrap, and it's dirty and nasty and cold, and I looked over there, and she's crying. I said, baby, what's wrong? She said, I can't feel my hands. <laughs> I said, welcome to my world. Sometimes you got to get into somebody else's world to appreciate what they go through, right? And, and same thing, vice versa. I mean, we, we have to get into people's world. So, so we have to leave. Now, when you leave, I, I shared this in the early service this morning, guy that I work with who's my friend, and he'd gotten married. And just like all of us, uh, sometimes marriage has its ups and its downs, its good days and bad days, and they were having a bad day. And it was so bad, she said, I'm going home to mom and dad. So she left in a huff. He got on the phone, called her dad, and said, hey, your daughter's headed your way. She's mad at me. If you let her in, she's yours. <laughs> this is a true story. She got to the door, she's crying. Daddy, he's so mean to me, let me in. He said, honey, go home. I'm not gonna let you in. Listen, we, we all have situations we have to take care of, right? So we leave. Number three, we must cleave. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined or cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So here's this word cleave, uh, not a word that we use much anymore. It means to be joined with, united, hold fast, keep close, stick to, cling, adhere, become together, come together. And really, let me give you a short definition. It means to be glued. You've you got to be sticky in relationships. Sticky relationships. You've got to be glued. So... You get the Gorilla glue out, you get the Elmer's glue out, and say, listen, we're going to go through thick and thin, better and worse, but we're going to be glued together. We're going to go through this together. And so we cleave together. Are we headed in the right direction, or are we pulling apart? Is our vision singular? Are our beliefs compatible? And God sees us now not as two, but what? According to the Word, He sees us as one. Two believers going the same direction, trusting in Almighty God, we must cleave. Number four, we must receive one another. 
Verse 25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So when we cleave, we receive, and we're not ashamed. There's some transparency there. Do you realize that Carrie can take my phone at any time and look at what's on my phone? Some of you, that's making you nervous already. Do you know you should be able to hand your spouse your phone at any time and say, look at whatever is on that phone? You know what that is? That's transparency. So if I'm receiving one another naked, husband, wife, not ashamed, so we're open, we come together not only physically, but we come together emotionally. So we believe, we leave, we cleave, we receive. And coming together is an integral part of marriage. The Greeks had about nine different words for love. Now, we just say love, and they had different words for love. So we things like this, say things like this. Well, I love my dog, love my cat, love hot dogs, I love my wife. How many know all those are different loves? Different levels of loves. But the Greeks, they had different words for different types of love. Let, I want to give you three of them. They're very important. One is eros. Have you ever heard the, the, the Greek term eros? It's where we get the word erotic. It is that sensual, sexual, intimate love. Eros. The other is philos or phileo or Philadelphia, and we'll know that from just the city in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, the city of what? Brotherly love. So, so that term is about friendship. And then there's this other word that we hear more. It's agape. How many of you know what that word means? It's the unmerited favor, affection, loving kindness of God. It, it is that love that goes beyond. It's the love on another level. Do you know your relationship as a husband and wife needs that eros, the sexuality, intimacy, that closeness? D do you realize your love needs that friendship base? And it also needs that agape love. You say, well, Pastor, what's that agape love? Well, two weeks ago, Pastor Matt preached on it. It's out of 1 Corinthians 13. Love is, right? Love is kind and gentle. It doesn't boast. It's not easily offended. Love is forgiving. I mean, he goes through all of these characteristics of love. How many know if you're going to be married, if you're going to have a relationship of any kind, you've got to be kind, you've got to be gentle, You've you, you got to be non-prideful. You're not boastful. You don't rejoice at what is wrong. You rejoice at what is right. Listen, that's the agape love. So in, in my relationship with Carrie, I, I need the eros. I need the philos. I need the agape. I need all three of those working in my life. And you need all three of those working in your life. So right now, you do a little love inventory today. Just, just check the box and say, how am I doing? If you're not doing so good, how many of you know love on a whole nother level? So we can, like Paul said, your love should abound and increase what? More and more. Well, bless God, I've been married 50 years. My love doesn't need to be anymore. Well, listen, you need to read your Bible. He said, let your love abound more and more. Well, how can you be married to somebody for 50 years and love more and more? Well, you can. How, how can you, if you have one grandkid, you have two, you can love them just like you did the first one. You just can, right? 
What if they start coming in multiple ways? You just love them that way too. I'm just telling you, our love should be increasing more and more according to Scripture. I was listening to uh, Dr. Ed Young, and he used this illustration about porcupines. Now, we don't have many porcupines around here, but the further north you go, the more porcupines they are. You know, porcupines are pretty singular. They, uh, they just kind of stay by themselves. Um, other animals, not so much so. You know, cows, we have a herd of cows. We, we have a, a gaggle or a flock of geese, flock of sheep. We, we can have uh, pride of lions, pot of whales, pack of wolves. You've never heard of a herd of porcupines, have you? Anybody ever heard of a herd of porcupines? Let me tell you why. Because porcupines just live by themselves until they want to mate. You said, Pastor, how in the world do porcupines mate? Very carefully. So I studied this up. Do you know porcupines have 30,000 quills? 30,000. Very few enemies. Yeah. Now, they, they do have some predators that will kill them and eat them, but they don't have very many. There's a lot of people who try to attack a porcupine. Let me tell you, they usually leave whining. They have 30,000 quills. They're in some way kind of like a skunk. They get mid and older, but their primary defense is what? Those quills. And you think, how in the world? The porcupines get together and mate. And you know, I, let me throw you a little back. Uh, Captain Tennille wrote a song called Muskrat Love. Some of you don't have a clue what I'm saying. But you never heard one wrote about porcupine love. But this is what I read. For porcupines to mate, they have to lay their quills down just as flat as they can to come together. When I read that, I thought about a lot of people's marriages. Do you realize people, if they're going to come together and be productive and leave a legacy Sometimes we just got to take our quills that are standing up and lay them down as much as we can. Come together. Make this work. Preacher, have you ever preached on porcupine love before? I've been preaching almost 50 years, and today's my first time. But I'm going to tell you, some marriages, everybody's got their quills up. So here's the question. You gonna lay your quills down so you can come together and do something great? Well, she, well, he, she called me a twatty. <laughs> That's all right, Mike. You're so dumb you don't even know what the word means. <laughs> Just lay your quills down get over it, move on, don't be twatty. <laughs> because what's at stake here 
is a whole lot more important than what you realize. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.